Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Hello everybody. Praise the Lord. I would like to start with a very familiar story. The story of a young man who was desperate for a job and found a very unusual opening in the local zoo. He discovered the zoo had a special requirement they wanted to fill. Apparently the gorilla had died and they wanted somebody to suit up like a gorilla and till they get the real one in. So this man took the offer. Uh, when people came in and he put on his gorilla suit, people came in and he started engaging with people and he also started enjoying that uh, stint as a gorilla. Uh, but he was right under the lion's cage. Uh, he did not realize that and he started uh, thumping, interacting with the crowd and he was excited in that excitement. The cage broke and he fell into the lion's cage. Well, he started screaming and yelling, help me, help me. And the lion came closer. He was thinking the lion would come to attack him. But the lion ran to him and said, shut up, man. We both will lose the job if you start screaming. Apparently, the lion also was put on a suit for himself. Well, today we are going to unmask and expose the schemes of Satan. But that's not it. Many of us wear a mask and some of us, we have, we live a double standard, double life too. But what I want you to do today, as you hear the word, as you prepare for the word, let's be real and true before our living God. Because our God is real and he is true. So I'm going to encourage you as you listen to this word, unmask yourself. And together when we deep dive into the word, we're going to unmask Satan too. And we've been in an interesting journey. Are you unaware of Satan's scheme? And we had fantastic two sessions on Satan's scheme. We looked at Satan as the deceiver. We looked at Satan as a tempter. And today we're going to talk about Satan as an accuser. The intent is to expose the sly and subtle way the devil gets into our life. And at times like a roaring lion. But we need to unmask and, and get to know the schemes of the devil. Satan is our real enemy. And we are in a battle. And to win a battle, we need to know the schemes of the devil as well as our own strengths and weaknesses. So just like the way we learned Satan as a deceiver, Satan as a tempter, um, the journey continues from there as Satan as an accuser. Well, we are all must be very familiar with the sequence of conversation that Satan does with our life. He comes along and says, why don't you try this? Everybody does it. It's okay. Uh, nobody will come to know about this. Well, as soon as we fall into that tempting line, Satan changes his narrative. His tone changes and then he gets, gets into an accuser's role and he starts yelling out into our ears. What kind of a Christian are you? How can you be a child of God? Will a child of God do this? God is ashamed of you. He will not accept you into his family anymore. You're not a good example in the kingdom of God. How can you preach when you end up doing such things? You might as well give up. 
because God has given up on you. I'm sure we all have heard similar accusatory voices from the devil. Look at his schemes. Starts with deceiving, tempts us, we fall into the temptation, then he changes his narrative. That's his plan. I'm sure most of us have heard this accusatory voices. And sometimes these voices go deep into our heart. And when we accept this voice, the way we choose to respond to this voice defines the access that we give to Satan. Bible calls Satan as an accuser. And I want to read Revelations chapter 12 verse 10. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down they triumphed over him. They refers to God's children, the believers. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. And they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Bible calls Satan as an accuser, accuser of brothers and sister. He accuses us before God. Satan does not want God to extend grace, forgiveness and mercy over our life. Satan makes all attempts to slander and discredit believers by making accusation before God. Satan wants to remind us of our failures and sins and convince us that we do not qualify to be in God's kingdom. The word accuser is better understood in a courtroom setting. A typical courtroom has certain definite roles present in that courtroom. One, obviously, a judge. And then you have an accuser who's got complaints on somebody. And then you have a defendants on whom there are accusations or complaints. And along with the accusers and the defendants, you would have attorneys who is backing them up to fight the case. In such a setting, the accuser accuses on somebody. We have a similar setting in Zechariah 3 where Zechariah sees a vision and as I read through the scriptures I want you to visualize yourself in that courtroom setting. Zechariah chapter 3 then he showed me the high priest Joshua standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him and the Lord said to Satan the Lord rebuke you O Satan the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not the man a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, Take off his filthy clothes. And to him he said, See, I have taken your guilt away from you and I will clothe you in festal apparel. And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him in the apparel. And the angel of the Lord standing by. Then the angel of the Lord assured Joshua saying, Thus said the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways and keep my requirements, then you shall rule my house and have charge of my courts. And I will give you the right of access among those who are standing here. In such a courtroom setting, our God is the judge. And God being a righteous judge, he allows a hearing from the accuser. 
In such setting, the devil wants to throw as many charges on the accused, focusing on all the laws of God that has been broken and how the accused has no option but to pay the penalty of sin. And the penalty of sin, Bible says, is death. We'll do, the accuser will do everything possible to prove that we do not have the right standing and we do not qualify to stand before this king, the Lord, our father. Now, in this courtroom setting, our God is our judge. The son of God is our advocate because Bible says in 1 John 2, 1, and if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So the advocate comes in the scene there and would fight for our cause. And the advocate knows that we cannot pay for the sin. And the advocate chooses to pay the price for our sins, for the dirty rags that we are clothed in. And the advocate becomes our savior, pays the price, gets the penalty paid up. And the advocate comes back to the courtroom and declares before the judge, he is forgiven. The penalty is taken care. He can be released. And that's what we, when we stand in the courtroom, when the accuser accuses us, our Lord Jesus, our Savior, takes care of all that is required as per the legal requirement in the courtroom. How amazing it is. Look at it. God the Father is the judge. The Son of God becomes our advocate. The Son of God becomes our um, Savior. And the Holy Spirit becomes our comforter. The Lord, the triune God comes to our rescue and stands for our defense. Where does the accuser stand there? There is nothing that he can stand and accuse on us. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we become the righteousness of God in him. We will always stand before God with dirty rags. But Christ our Savior covers us up with his cloth of righteousness, the robe of righteousness. It is not our righteousness, but it is the righteousness of Christ. And because of that, we are able to stand before God, the judge. I want you to know when we stand before God, our father, we stand covered by the righteousness of Christ. There is nothing that the devil can accuse us of. So what does an accuser do? He accuses us of what? about our past and that's what he does a lot of time he talks about certain patterns of sins of our past certain sinful ways of our past or certain sin that is that has tormented us in the past he refers back to it again and again i want you to know that sins are paid up christ has paid for those sins on the cross of calvary in god's sight it is erased by the blood of the lamb what else does he accuse us of? He accuses of certain wrongdoings of our past. He reminds us of those wrongdoings. Well, you take it to the Lord. It is settled in the Lord's kingdom. He talks about certain incidents of past, certain trauma of past. You, you and me don't have to live in the past incidents and trauma. I, I sense in my spirit there is somebody in this uh, who is listening to this word today. He's got a trauma of some certain childhood incidents. You don't have to live at that. 
We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. We have been covered by his blood and he is the restorer of our life. But the devil does his part to remind us of those incidents. And when the devil reminds you of those incidents, I want you to know he as an accuser, he will remind. But you need to remember what Christ has done for us to restore our life back. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. What else does he does he accuse of? Guilt. And that's something many Christians live with. In fact, Christ paid a heavy price on the cross to remove that guilt consciousness, to get our conscience clear. And why should we continue to live in that guilt? We don't have to. But Satan reminds us and gets us to feel guilty about it. Certain things we might not be able to forget. I understand that. But defining our life based on a past incident or past sin, which is taken care of it on the cross of Calvary, I don't think that makes sense for us because he's renewed our life. God wants us to live a life of freedom and he wants to set us free. He's giving us a new life. When he says we are born again, it's a new life altogether. Do not allow Satan to look into the past and define who we are and about our future. What else does he accuse us of? Our present walk. He continuously reminds us that we are not good enough. And as believers, we would have heard this many a time. Not good enough to serve in the kingdom. Not good enough as a husband, as a father. Not good enough in finances. And makes us feel unworthy makes us feel that we are not fit for purpose. But that's not how Christ looks at us. He looks at us as somebody who's, for whom his grace is enough, as somebody who can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And that's how he looks at us. Well, he also brings in a sense of being unsatisfied with the things in life. And there could be certain truth in it. But if it is an accusation by the devil, I want you to be very careful. Not being happy about things that is happening in life. There is no joy about what God is doing in our life and getting us to compare with others. I have fallen into that trap. But I've thought about my colleagues, my friends, uh, how they have moved forward or moved backward, whichever it is. Um, but that comparison is not from God. And that's from the devil. And he accuses us, telling that you're not good enough. Look at that person. Look at that person um, with the same kind of resources. They have moved forward and so on and so forth. Uh, let us be very careful to discern the voice of the devil because he's continuously accusing us before God and accusing us in our life too. What else does he accuse us of about our future? He gets us to doubt whether we'll finally make it or not. I'm sure there are people on you know, listening to this word who is thinking, will I get saved? Am I really born again? Uh, doubting the call of your life. Sometimes we are doubting the very purpose that Christ has called us into his kingdom. And we even doubt certain prophecies that God has brought into our life. Just because we don't see certain things happening, the devil continuously speaks to us telling that that's not going to happen. 
that was just a whims and fancies. That was like a wish. It is not true about you. You can't make it and so and so forth. I don't want to repeat those words because we have heard it enough. But I want us to be very sure the devil causes us to doubt our salvation, doubt the call on our life, doubt the purposes of our life, doubt the dreams that we have in, in the Lord, doubt the prophecies, doubt the authority and anointing over our life. And those are accusations and the lies of the devil. Let's be very careful to discern this truth. Uh, there could be some truth in what the devil is saying because of certain mess ups that we have had done in the past. But we need to be very sure what Christ settled on the cross of Calvary and how he has restored our life and how he's restoring it for a future. I want to focus on certain principle that we should be mindful of. Satan can accuse but he cannot judge. He does not have a final say over your life. I want you to know the good work that the Lord has started in our life. He will bring it to completion. He can, Satan cannot judge our life. Two, Satan can condemn, but he cannot alter our position in Christ Jesus. How you respond to the accusation and the condemnation by the devil will determine the consequence of it. If we accept it and believe in our heart, there will be different consequence. What is expected of us is reject those accusations from the devil. The greatest threat is when we agree with Satan. Not just agree, there are people who would voice it again and again. Like for example, the devil says you're no good and we agree and we continue using the same words, I'm no good. I did it in my life and I know how I was crippled for years together. But it was the truth in Jesus in from the word that helped me rewire and bounce back and know how his truth has set me free. And I'm believing the same for you today. The greatest threat is when we start believing some of this accusation that the devil brings in. He starts with his accusatory voices and when we start accepting it, he slowly moves into condemning us. The word condemn means unfit for use, unfit for purpose. It could mean disapproved to stay on course. The enemy's goal is to make us believe that we are unfit for the kingdom of God. I'm sure we have all heard this kind of voices. You have failed too many times. Now no more chance. God won't forgive you. You are unworthy. He will never use you again. Remember, the devil is a liar and that's his scheme. There is a stark difference from conviction of the Holy Spirit and the condemnation from the Satan. I want to read through Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Walking after the spirit does not mean that we are perfected, but we are on the path of perfecting. That's what conviction does, helps us grow and mature in our character. But condemnation makes us feel hopeless. I want to dwell a little more differentiating conviction and condemnation. Conviction is from God. Accept it. Not just accept it. Obey the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But condemnation is from Satan. Conviction leads us to repentance. 
whenever the Holy Spirit convicts us of any sin, it leads us to repentance. But condemnation drives us to despair or sometimes remorse. But that's not repentance. Repentance is making a complete U-turn. Conviction inspires us to keep striving. We continue to keep walking in the Spirit. We might stumble, fall, but we rise up and we continue striving. Condemnation tells us, quit. Enough is enough. That's it. You can't make it. That's condemnation. Conviction says God will help you. He is with you. His grace is enough. Those are the voices that come from the Lord and enables us, empowers us to continue in that journey. But condemnation says there is no hope for you. You're alone. Nobody with you. That's the voice of condemnation. Conviction shows us the answer and Jesus is the answer. But condemnation says you are the problem. So it's centered around us as the problem. Conviction helps us change. We grow from strength to strength. But condemnation says you will never change. I'm sure we have heard the voices of condemnation. But I want to pray today that we will hear the voice of the Spirit that will convict us. He will not put us down, but He will lift us up and help us walk. Not just walk, but run the race. That's why the Holy Spirit convicts us in this journey. There's a good example in the Bible of Peter and Judas. Conviction drove Peter to repentance. But Judas, condemnation drove Judas to suicide. They both failed and committed pretty much similar sins. They denied um, Jesus. Peter cursed and denied Jesus. Judas betrayed him. But Judas, instead of repenting, heard the voice of condemnation and went into the doom. But Peter was convicted in the spirit and he repented. And in about 45 days from then, he stood before a crowd of 3,000 and he boldly proclaimed the gospel and won the 3,000 into the kingdom. He was restored, reinstated, and he continued to run the race for the Lord. That's what conviction is. Today, as we are speaking, if there are areas that the Holy Spirit is convicting you of, I want you to pay attention to those conviction. But do not allow any condemnation to come your way. Conviction says, if yes, you might have failed, but there is always a way open for you. That's our way maker. If we pray and repent for our sins, he is just God to forgive us of all our sins. Psalms 103 says he forgives all our sins. There is a way to come out of it. I heard a preacher saying this and I think it is profound. The devil knows your name but calls you by your sin. Our God knows your sin but calls you by name. You are precious to God. He just not calls you by name. He has inscribed your name on his palm because you're precious to him. He will not let you be defenseless. He comes to you. He is the judge. He's got the advocate Jesus as our savior and he's got the comforter. And together they're standing on our defense. There is a way for you. You can be forgiven you can be restored. You can be reinstated. And the path for it is 
in Christ Jesus. So how do we overcome this accuser? And so we go back to Revelation chapter 12 verse 10 that talks about how the believers overcame the accuser. Revelations 12.10 Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night have been hurled down. They, that's talking about us, we believers, have triumphed over him by the blood of the lamp, by the word of the testimony, and they did not love the life so much as to shrink from death. So I want to talk to you about three ways by which we can overcome this accuser. And that's what we, we are called to be. One, remember the shed blood of Jesus. And it is not a historical fact, but it is something to live with every day. To remind ourselves about the exchange that happened on the cross of Calvary. Remember, our debts were paid on that cross. We don't have anything else to be done. When Christ said it is finished, everything that was required is taken care legally for our lives. How amazing it is. We have been forgiven, not just forgiven. We have been justified, not just justified. The legal requirements are met. We are cleansed. I want you to know that because of the shed blood on the cross of Calvary, we stand before God, our, our judge, with a rope of righteousness, which is white as snow. We have been moved from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We have been made alive. Our conscience is clear. Our past has been erased. He has no memory of some of those sins of our life. We don't have to carry that anymore. I want to encourage you. Remember the shed blood of Jesus every day. The second thing that we as believers can do is confess the word of God. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. That's the only offensive weapon that we can take against the accusatory voice that comes to us from the devil. The word of God is for us to Believe that's the truth and the truth will set us free. So believe this word, accept this word and make that as our foundation of our life. In fact, have your own confession list. It is okay to read it day in, day out because let that sink in as the truth of your life. Repeat over your life. I am forgiven. I have been accepted into the family of God. I am God's workmanship. I have been redeemed. I have been bought with a price. Let these be the confession of our mouth. Not just this. I want you to remind yourself and exercise the authority God has given us through his word. Tell this, declare, declare this over your life. I have the power to trample over snakes and scorpion. Greater is the one who is living inside of me than the enemy living in this world. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. The more we declare this confession, we are silencing the voice of the devil. Three, live a surrendered life where we choose to submit every areas of our life unto God. 
There are areas where we want to keep control over. There are areas where we have something else other than God. But if we are walking in the spirit, it is a total surrendered life. We need to let go of certain areas. It could be marriage. It could be finances. It could be certain past. It could be anything. If the Holy Spirit is reminding you of certain areas today, I want to encourage you. Bring it under the Lordship of Jesus. The more we surrender, the more we acknowledge him in everything that we do, in every areas of our life, he will direct our path. And the Holy Spirit will guide us. The true children of God are those who are truly led by the Spirit of God. And that's the walking in the Spirit. So I want to remind the three things from Revelation 12.10. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb. So remember the shed blood. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of the testimony. Change the confessions of your mouth. Three. They did not love their life so much as to shrink from death. Let's have a surrendered life. We will triumph over the accuser. But today I want to spend some time praying. But before we pray, I want to also encourage you to expose some of this lie, accusatory voices of the devil to others. Devil thrives in darkness and in secrecy. It's a good thing to find a friend to find somebody trustworthy and go share some of those accusatory remarks of the devil. Let them know this is what the devil taunts me with, but this is this will be my confession going forward. This is what Christ did for me on the cross of Calvary. Speak to somebody, expose the lie of Satan. Let us bring it into the light of the Lord. I want to take some time to pray because I believe there are people who are living with, with guilt, you don't have to carry that baggage. In fact, the visual image that I see is people carrying a lot of burden and trying to walk in the spirit. You will not be able to run that race. Let go of some of these baggages, especially guilt. If there are past sins, sinful ways, patterns of sins, you have sought forgiveness I want to let you know it is erased. Receive that forgiveness. Accept that forgiveness. Make it your own. Even as we are talking about guilt, and if that's you, I want you to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, forgive me for those areas. Remove this guilt away. I want to be set free. I want to tell you the Lord is thrilled to set us free. There are there are people who have been condemned of certain incidents in the past. And the devil constantly reminds them of those failure. The Lord never reminds us of our past failure. He tells us about who we can be in him and the future. So today, take a decision. I don't want to hear a reference to that past failure. It is done with. It is settled Wipe it out. There are people who are unable to forgive yourself. God has forgiven you for those sins. Why are you holding it? Forgive yourself. Release your life from that burden. You don't have to carry it anymore. There are certain incidents, and I was reminded as I was preparing for this word, 
there are certain incidents in the first few years of marriage where it's holding you to enjoy your family life. You don't have to. That incident is settled. Bring it unto, unto the Lord and bring it to the cross. Exchange with what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. You don't have to carry that burden anymore. Look forward. Look to what Christ can do in and through your life and in your marriage. Erase that incident from your memory, from your life, because Christ does not keep a track of those records. Certain someone who's got an incident in mismanaging finances. And once, once you have failed in your finance, that does not define what God can do with your life in the future. I believe like Peter, God can restore and reinstate and take you to a place where you will manage finances unto the Lord. But before you get there, you need to forgive yourself and don't base your life on that one incident because the devil finds that as a foothold and continues to accuse you. Let go of that incident that does not define your life. I want to let you know what God can do in and through your life. No eyes have seen, no ears have heard, no mind has ever conceived. God can do amazing things through your life. I believe there is somebody who has lost somebody in, in early in their life. And that is a trauma and you're holding on to that. And the devil keeps reminding you of that. I want to let you know, God has perfect plans for everyone. Let go of that. Release that incident from your life and submit it to God. And God has taken care of it. So today, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you, let us not run away from God, but let's run to God. Go to pray with you now. Father, we come to you just as we are. We can always approach the throne of grace with confidence. Thank you, above Father, that you receive us just as we are. And today we open up our spirit and we ask of you, Holy Spirit, convict us in those areas that we need to make changes and amendments. Spirit of God, reveal those areas to us. And we pray, Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, that every accusatory voices that we have received in the past, let it be canceled and removed from our life. Let our life be based on the word that you have spoken over our life. Lord, we pray Let the blood that you shed on the cross of Calvary, Lord, that we will remember it every day and live our life based on the exchange that happened on the cross of Calvary. Father, I pray for all of us, Lord, that we will live a submitted life, truly not giving a space for the accusatory voice to have any impact over our life. We thank you, we bless you, and God, you be glorified. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wscc.in.